the success I think for us is not necessarily where we're at today, but just that we kept saying yes, that's the success. <laughs> we kept saying yes and moving forward through that really hard time and even hard times to come. It's just continuing to be open to what God is saying in each of those moments and not not having to have it figured out is success. Come on. And feeling that peace in in the chaos, in the uncertainty, that's success. That's what I feel like we learned a ton about in this journey and still learn about. We all have fearful thoughts that limit our lives and we make decisions accordingly. How much better would life be if we exchange those fears for perfect love and truth? Just saying this feels freeing. Welcome to the Abundantly Me podcast with Tara Olette. She's a life coach, speaker, teacher, and writer. It has been so cool to witness how aware Tara is to God's love as she flips the script of fear, inspiring us to live abundantly. And this is my dear friend, Laura Fonseca, who is the producer of this life-giving podcast. I'm delighted to share space with her as she joyfully depends on God's voice and the written word to love others well within the mysteries of life. Okay, ready to flip the script? Oh, it's time. Let's go. Hello, listeners, and welcome to our latest episode. So glad to have you here. It's episode 22. Listeners, you've been on a journey with us for 22 weeks. Thank you for your support. Yes. Uh, today, we are wrapping up our series on redefining the measures of success and sharing part two of our conversation mm-hmm. with our good friends, Jason and Holly McCullough. Yeah, they're going to share with us that despite facing setbacks, that they learned success isn't an end goal, but a journey of saying yes to God's good plan. But before we get into that, Tara, will you please share with us your report from last week's Wheel of Fear? Yeah, um, I did my homework this morning. (laughs) It was last minute. Awesome. Uh, That's how nervous I was (laughs) to share with people a need that I had. And specifically, the Wheel of Fear slice was ask for donations. Be specific about it. um, Speak it out. Put it out there. And just be free. Everyone gets to choose, you know, whoever was listening to the Facebook Live uh, got to choose if they wanted to participate. Freedom in their decision and freedom for me to be able to say, hey, this is a need that I have for the Abundantly Me ministry. And uh, it's that simple. I hear myself say it quite simply, Mm -hmm. but I was sweating. Okay, so you did yeah. that. You put that up a couple hours ago. It's been sitting up there. How are you feeling now? Because I know last time you ended up deleting the post where you <laughs> were asking for donations. So how are you feeling right now sitting in it? I feel better, but I still feel exposed, like yeah. raw and vulnerable. And it's probably more of my relationship with money. Yeah. And then it's not as much like, listener, I don't know, or even you, Laura. I mean, we're friends. We talk about this kind of stuff, but just even one level of this is telling people what you need. Mm-hmm. Another level is whenever it's about finances. And now that I'm thinking about it, Holly and Jason in their last uh, last week's part of the interview, and as we will conclude this week, it is like asking people to support mm-hmm. our act of obedience uh, in God's plan. Yeah. And that's really hard. It's hard enough to ask for what you need, yeah. but it seems really hard when you're asking for financial support. Right. And I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Yes. It's definitely because of probably the way that I have a belief system around money and maybe like that independence or, you know, um, you shouldn't have to ask for it. If God gave you the vision, he'll give you the provision. Yeah. So your prayer life, if you have a strong prayer life and you have a good connection with God, then he's going to provide. You won't even have to ask. And I've interacted with really beautiful ministries and people who that has happened mm-hmm. several times. I've done it in my life. I've written something down in my journal. I've written the exact dollar amount. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like, boom, that's what had come in a, in a right. really extra special way. But what I love about step pressing into this specific fear is that it reminds me that what may work in the past Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that that is what the faith journey and exercising this different faith muscle for now. Mm, That's so good. And it correlates to part of the conversation that Jason and Holly talk about is how just because you say yes to one thing doesn't mean that's how it's always going to look. That's right. And that we're always uh, learning new things. Right. So I feel much better. But I'm recognizing I still have some like uh, little sweat beads. Right. <laughs> like, but I got donations right away. I got donations within hours last week before mm-hmm. I took it down. Right. And then I got donations within an hour uh, just um, by this morning's post. That's and great. so the fact that I get to continue to say yes to God in this journey and see how maybe it's a community effort with people who want to be um, in partnership with Abundantly Me, because mm-hmm. uh, this doesn't go in my pocket. That's like, what I, I know say. that. It's not like this is going into your pocket. You're using this to bless other people. Yes. It's so. like this community effort of, and then that's what was so perfect about the timing is that I, I ran into a woman that was in need mm-hmm. and I could just genuinely, without feeling sleazy, salesy, uh, like I'm trying to, you know. Like take advantage of yeah. her situation. Which you is could, weird because that's not even in my heart. Not at all. And if you hadn't have asked for that need, then you wouldn't have been able to bless that woman the way that you did. Right. So that act of obedience already... Yeah, already blessed somebody. Very fruitful. That usually is what we find with the Wheel of Fear is that there's um, something beautiful on the other side uh, of that limiting belief. Um, And so really it all shakes down to pride or false humility. And uh, I'm so glad. So to fully answer your question now that we've talked about it, I do feel a sense of relief um, that I didn't let pride and being self-focused on like what might people think and how I might be judged that I'm even asking. Um, and that's that's what I did is I'm judging others and how they would be responding mm. rather than thinking of the people who are leaning in, who are listening. They are not judging. So listener, I apologize. <laughs> I held you in contempt. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that is where our brain, when we get into pride mode and we get into self-protection mode, I think... It's easy to to be self-focused and think about um, or assume what other people are thinking. So I set y'all free. I set myself free. And what that did is uh, I get to bless others who might be in need and just take the finances completely out of the scenario Mm -hmm. and offer a service that I know, I know, I know, I know will bless her life. And it would be such an honor to walk her through this next part of her journey. And uh, so... 
Yeah, man. I feel good. Good job. I feel free. Thanks, Wheel of Fear. Thank you, Wheel of Fear. (laughs) And hopefully you lose this time. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) So listeners, can you think of the last time you took a risk and the outcome was unsuccessful? At least according to the measures of the world. Right. And so when you had decided to take a risk, listener... You had probably certain measures of success, like markers that say, oh, yep, I am in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And the McCulloughs challenge everything about that mindset, that we should have these predictable markers that let us know that our yes is a good, faithful, correct yes. Mm -hmm. And I just love part two of this conversation because it's a mind bender. Yeah. Yes, and they talk about the importance of experiencing things firsthand, including, you know, what the world says is failure. Yeah. Um, Because their wisdom is no longer theoretical, but it's a lived experience. And God's in it all, and nothing is wasted. Nothing. I I personally walked through um, this with them in some way, shape, or form, and so did my husband Ryan, and you did too in the community. But it was just during this series, during this period of time in their yes, it there were high highs and low lows, but it was this gorgeous act of obedience. These yeses mm-hmm. like had there was a potency. Like they squeezed, mm. and I'm gonna say it like this. Y'all know I get sassy. They squeezed the hell out of their yes. Yeah. Like there was no more room for what the enemy may wanna thwart their plan and have them jump back into old patterns to be comfortable or maybe even the patterns of their mind and their comfort zone or the patterns of the world is what we talk about. Mm -hmm. It's so tempting in that liminal space to jump out of it, to not hold that position. And they squeezed every drop. So listener, it's like, listen to their entire, to the all of part two Mm -hmm. from the beginning to the end. Because you'll know what we're meaning yeah. by like this full immersion experience of faith and risk and failing. And they they like used it to yeah. its full. And then they flipped the script on their failure because yeah. now it's a story that they can tell. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's such a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And just hearing it. Um, from this vantage point and listening to them share it, you'll even hear moments where there's emotion. Mm-hmm. And there, because that is, this is what we're talking about, full immersion. And so we're even leaving in a, the emotion. Mm-hmm. And the, that because that is what it was. It was the authentic, genuine journey yeah. of that liminal space when all things seem incredibly in, um, unsuccessful. However, they knew like they knew like they knew. It was an obedient yes, because God's in it all. And they held true to that one one voice, I'm in it with you, stay in it. And of course, they they had each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll add that point too. They had each other. So when when one spouse was kind of low on the spiritual tank, the other spouse typically was a little higher. And then quite, if there was those very small moments that both of the spouses, you know, were kind of feeling low on that spiritual capital, that's where the community came in and held space for Mm -hmm. them. You guys, come on now, listeners. 
This okay. isn't even a pencil paper thing. No. Mm-mm. I would say just settle in. Yeah. And join us as we dive deeper into their journey mm-hmm. and learn how they found success in the midst of yeah. the chaos. Whoop. Chaos, y'all. It's good. All right. Enjoy. This is the benefit of not just like having friends, because I think most people, if not everyone, has friends. It's like that friends plus, right? It's like beyond uh, just acquaintances and people that I know. It's like people who really, really know you. Uh, You know, can they ask hard questions? Can they hear hard truths? Can they watch you struggle and suffer and love you anyway? Like these are the things that I think everybody aspires to have, but there's, there's, uh, sometimes there's a roadblock there. Like I'm not willing, or I'm not going to be vulnerable or I don't want to look stupid or whatever it is. Um, I can remember uh, for whatever reason, uh, Tara, your husband, Ryan and I sitting at our dining room table, I think it was, it must've been that fall. Maybe I'm not sure in 2020. And, uh, we were like out of money. I had like a few clients here and there, but it was just, it was just tough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm telling him all of this. And of course, he's he's super engaged and encouraging. And it's like you, you get done with that. And what's he supposed to say? <laughs> what's he going to say? He doesn't have there's no like, oh, actually, I have you haven't done this. He's going to hand me this little mm-hmm. playbook to be like, oh, I, there's nothing to be said there. But he, he said something like, uh, but you're in the exact right place. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, like you're doing the right things. Um, this, this is, this is where you're at and that's okay. And I, I just felt like, shut up. That's stupid. And then secondly, quickly transition to like, you know what, you're, you're, you're onto something there. Right. Uh, right. It's like, I felt loved and received and heard mm-hmm. and, uh, he wasn't trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're pretty quick to fix. Oh, I know what you didn't do. You didn't do this. And he, there was none of that. It was just kind of like, have more faith, have a better attitude. Here's this. Exactly what's your prayer life? Like, like, no, it was none of that. Like, you know, uh, it was just, it was just like, I hear you. I see you. Yeah. Um, I'm in it with you. Like I felt yeah. that a yeah. lot. Let, let's, let's, we. let's share a meal. Yep. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So, so you struggled through that, but you kept like, you got little confirmations mm-hmm. along the way that you were doing the right thing and you were sitting in that liminal space that Richard Rohr talks about um, patiently waiting. Mm. When did things start to change or when did your business start to pick up? Uh, my business picked up almost immediately after we ran out of money. Yes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You. And I, I called it. I said early on, I'm like, man, this is a lot harder than I thought. And I can see my money going out of the bank account. Yeah. I thought it was in the last two years and this looking like it's not blah, 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 blah. And uh, I said many, many times, like, you know what's going to happen? This like security thing that I've built up to say like, oh, I've made a ton of money. I have a ton of money relative to most other people. It's going to get stripped away down to nothing Mm -hmm. to see if I'll stay. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I don't think of it as a test. I really don't. I think it more of like, uh, this is what's required. This is the training required Mm -hmm. to do something great. And so like that money just started ticking down, ticking down, ticking down, ticking down. We ran out of money. We went asking for help uh, from other people with money and we got it. And it was like, 
<laughs> the cheesiest, most cliche thing ever. It's like when we were at our absolute weakest, God came through. Hmm. So that was probably, uh, you know, late in 2020, things started ticking, ticking up a little bit. It still wasn't great. It was like just enough. It was kind of like just enough to take that next step, just enough to stay in it mm-hmm. and not feel like I was insane for continuing and, you know, being able to go to those meetings and be yeah. like, oh, I know I have zero. I have two, <laughs> two clients now. Yes. Uh, and, and just sort of like staying in it. And uh, one of the most powerful parts of that for me was talking about it out loud to other people talking about it into the into the community that we have like people know like you know your husband knew that that was a sore spot for me but he didn't shy away from me he still asked me how's it going how many clients do you have it was like i practiced mm-hmm. the, like, i'm just gonna put it out there yep. and that's okay like you know i think the uh the sicko inside of me was like you can't hurt me anymore i'm just gonna talk about it as many times as, mm. as you want but there's something healthy about uh, articulating it out loud and putting it out there and just being like, yeah, you know what? This sucks. This is hard. This is not what I wanted. This is, uh, taking much, much longer. Um, by the time 2022 came around, it was, it was, uh, okay, but I was not in love with it from a result standpoint, but the work itself made me come alive. Mm. I was like, man, I would do this for free. In fact, I am doing it for free. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, I'm going to back you up real quick because I walked through this and I know the listener will benefit the way that I did. So hopefully I asked this question. Can you expound a little bit more on standing in it, articulating it, not being afraid of it, speaking it out? That training period, Jason, the way you articulated it was powerful to listen to. So I didn't make you go on a power walk with me, like Holly and I, but whenever you and I chatted, because I'd be the girl who's like, there's a party going on and then I'll pull you in a corner. I'll say, listen, tell me, give me the download. And I, and I felt a, I really felt connectedness to the kingdom of God when you spoke just like Holly and I on our walk. So can you expound on a little bit more of what that was like to almost free a part of yourself that was not welcome into the next journey, wasn't welcome into 21, 22, wasn't welcome into your career uh, in the next phase. So there's more in this training period that just blessed me every time I heard about it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Um <clears throat> Somebody told me one time that everything we do is preparing you for something else. I gotta, I gotta compose. Give me one second. Okay, I won't apologize for that because I know you don't care. But man, sorry. Let me, let me, let me, let me bring it together. Okay. Yeah, somebody somebody told me one time that that everything we do is preparing us for the next thing. And it it sounds it sounds very cool and like high-minded, but it's actually very practical mm-hmm. because uh what it goes back to the point we talked about earlier about being right, like is this the right decision? And what I'm learning is that's the, sometimes it's the right decision for right now so that later something else can happen. It may not be the thing that I want to have happened, or it may not be the timeline that I want, but 
this idea of preparedness and just learning how to uh, learning the skill of wrestling through doubt and learning the the uh, building the muscle and building the discipline of uh, reliance, you know, is incredibly important because when I look back on it now, it's easier to say, oh, yeah, that was that was really hard. But that's a very academic discussion that this the, the heart, the soul work in me says, I'm so grateful for that. I, I'm so grateful that I struggled. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thankful that it sucked <laughs> because I, I, I learned a lot and I'm, I was so much more prepared had than if it would have come easy. I mean, there were so many people that I interacted with and it's not for their, it's not, it's not their fault, but again, other people doing what I'm doing who were so far ahead and it just seems so easy. And yet looking back almost four years in now, I have stories and skills and yeah. <laughs> lots of time, lots of idle time that I can draw from. I, I Something about the power of story and experience is just, I, I've really learned to appreciate it. Yes. Do I, do I like standing in my garage and watching snow come down in May <laughs> without any work on the horizon or any work in the past? No, I do not. Uh, I'll never forget that story though. So guess what gets to happen? I get to tell that story to you, to other people who are listening, to people that, uh, who maybe are coming up behind me in, in the same profession. And I get to tell that story from, from a place of reality. And it's not theoretical, it's real. And so it's like I banked up this awesome and painful book of stories and experiences that aren't just for me. They're for somebody else. That's right. So I would never change it. If I were to like write it out and be like, all right, how did I, how would I want to start this? I would write it the exact same way mm. because I'm a lot smarter. I'm a lot stronger. I'm a lot more reliant than if it would have just been simple and easy right out of the gate. Plus, everybody else gets to benefit from that. Absolutely. Everyone that I get to interact with, people who are struggling, people who are coming into what I'm doing, who are having a hard time getting going, I can genuinely pull them aside and like look them in the face and say, I see you. Mm. I've been there. I, I know what it's like to get a ton of no's. I know what it's like to be out of money. By the way, do you need any money? Mm. I'm give it to you. I don't care about the money. It's just, it's just a thing. Mm. But will you stay? Because we need you. We need you. They need you. People need you. Can I say something to that too, Tara? I think that um, through that all the tough time, it really did redefine what success is for us. Um, the journey and like having these experiences with with our community, with the Lord, with his new clients, with all these experiences that were in an uncomfortable season really taught us that success is not an ending. It's not the ending. It's like everything leading up. Mm -hmm. it, and is there an ending? Question mark. Yeah. It, it, this free flowing, it sounds so new age or something, but <laughs> I'm probably explaining it terribly. No, it's beautiful. Um, but the the success, I think for us is 
not necessarily where we're at today, but just that we kept saying, yes, that's the success. Yes. We kept saying yes and moving forward through that really hard time and even hard times to come. Like yeah. it, um, it's just continuing to be open to what God is saying in each of those moments yeah. and not, not having to have it figured out hmm. is success. Come and, on. And, and feeling that, that, um, peace in the, in the chaos, in the uncertainty, mm-hmm. that's success. Uh, that's what I feel like we learned a ton about in this journey and still learn about. But I just, I want to say it again, cause I don't want people to miss it. It's not theoretical success. It's not theoretical courage. It's not theoretical faith. It's not like something that you read or listen to on this podcast and say like, oh yeah, okay, that's a really, that's a cool mm-hmm. idea. You have to go and do it. Mm-hmm. You have to go and do it. it you, you, can't, you can't pretend to have experienced something when you haven't done it. It's telling, like telling someone about Disney World and they've never been there. They don't know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. They understand when I describe like, oh, Magic Kingdom, it's got this huge castle and there's people and it smells like elephant ears and all this stuff it's like so cool but it's just it's just theoretical and then you go there and it's like oh wow we took our daughter to france in october first time any of us have been to europe we did all kinds of research we we were supposed to go in 2020 it got postponed two years all the stuff and all of my experience air quotes (laughs) around paris is something that i've seen on in a movie or a right. book, I don't know. But until you go there <laughs> and see it in person, yep, Paris isn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the uh, Ryan, can you get Paris tickets, please? <laughs> I mean, let me try that again. Until you go there and see it in person, until you go and stand in front of the Eiffel Tower and you can smell the stuff around you and you can walk the streets and hear the sounds and touch the thing. It's just like when you get into that with all of your senses, it's different. It's not theoretical. It's real. Come on. So I think the, the biggest, maybe the biggest takeaway from, for us in this whole journey and it's ongoing by the way it's not like we put a tidy bow on it is experience yeah to go go and do it go and do stuff yeah i have a i used to have a significant fear of failure and i still do to some degree i think it's a learned habit rather than like my actual wiring but it's like god's working me out of that mm-hmm. he's like man just go and do it mm-hmm. go try it so when people ask me all the time like hey do you think i should start a business yeah 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 you should well what what about if it fails i'm like totally Mm -hmm. yep i feel feel that what if i run out of money yeah totally nobody wants that but let's go let's do it amen and i'm not that like that's not my personality that's not what i've learned i've learned like stay the course keep it safe stay in the nice job with a nice office and all the stuff and and i god just turned that upside down go and experience go and stay jason what's your god-given identity i forgot hunter of chaos. He hunted it all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so your identity, hunter of chaos. Yeah. So do you feel like that was part of, and then we'll bounce back to you, Holly, as we beautifully land this divine plane, but with the um, 
you know, your true identity, how God wired you, you see that is what was happening during this training period, I'm guessing, is that that identity was being refined and defined and strengthened. Can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah. It started out to me to be very abstract, and I ended up sitting with a mentor and having this uh, sort of listening prayer activity, and I heard this thing, Hunter, and he heard the same thing about me, which is strange because I in 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 real life, as if that's not real, in real life, I'm not a hunter. So it's like that doesn't make any sense to me. And so I can I can remember many, many mornings when I had nothing to do and nowhere to go and nobody to talk to being like, all right, well, I'm just going to try to establish a routine and get up and eat and take a shower and do the thing like I have something to do. And and uh, my routine for a long time was uh, praying in the shower for some sort of chaos that I could find and help with or like help me hunt the right way and just try, trying to like talk it out loud, which sounds really weird, but trying to articulate it in a way that made sense and just sort of manifest it uh, mm. out into the world and see what comes back. Um, and what I, what I heard, maybe not the right way. I don't, I don't hear audibly. I just, I sense, I see, uh, I dream these kinds of things. Um, I can't remember the first time I, I felt this way, but this idea that, uh, what, what, do, what do hunters do? Like, what's their process? And I started thinking through, well, what, what, what is, what is their process? I, I, so I'm talking with people who hunt cause I don't like, what do you do? And you know what they do? They spend years thinking, planning, strategizing, researching, they're setting up a stand, they're creating the perfect opportunity. They're going out before anybody's awake and scoping out the land and then leaving it alone for sometimes years at a time just for the one perfect shot that might happen three years from now. Mm. So like all the work that they do is like prepping. The actual like hunt is like a tiny little microcosm of the whole spectrum of the, 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 the process. Mm. They stand in the garage and watch the snow. <laughs> <laughs> you were hunting. I felt, I felt like God was saying like, it's all part of the process. Mm. It's, it's all part of the process. Beautiful. It's, it's preparing, it's researching, it's getting up before nobody else is awake and thinking about this, it's going to bed thinking about this, just so that somewhere down the road, sometimes years, there's an opportunity to do something. Hmm. But this is not wasted. I spent a lot of time arguing with God about like this. I just felt what a waste. This is such a waste. Mm -hmm. And I've said this many, many times to our kids and to other circles, and there's nothing is wasted. That's right. That's right. It feels like a waste. Uh, I'm not getting the outcome I want. And it's like, uh, what's the the podcast? Sacred waste. Like everything. It's sacred. It's real. It's 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 holy. There's something about like, man, uh, I've I've seen this. I'm I'm ready for this. I prepared for this six years ago or something. Right. It's not wasted. It'll come back at some point. It may not look and feel exactly like you thought it would, but you don't, it's like, uh, you, you don't have, you don't avoid relationships or a spouse because at some point that spouse might die. Well, that's no excuse to not get married. Or it's like, I don't want to get a dog because the dog eventually is going to go away. And so I'm just going to protect myself and be like, I don't want to put myself out there. Hmm. It, 
no, you do it anyway, knowing full well yeah. that there's going to be an end to the, to our relationship at some point. One of us or both of us is going to die. Yeah. But that's not why that's not a reason to not get married. Yeah. And so uh, nothing is wasted. And I felt like God was like, you think all this time where you're just standing around doing nothing and teaching yourself how to cook, watching YouTube videos is wasted? Uh, <laughs> no, because no, we have been very blessed by those meals. Thank you very much. Yes. For those years, those months of prep. It's not, nothing's, nothing's wasted. You know, it's so funny listening to you talk because you started with comfort and perfect bubble, safe bet. And now you're saying I'm a hunter of chaos. And there's the flipped script, script flipping <laughs> moment. Yeah, what you said. Yes, what flipped. she said. Totally flipped. You know, but that is... That is the power of our true identity and following the Holy Spirit throughout life. And your, your testimony, um, and we're not done. I want to get back to Holly real quick as we close it, but it, it is a unique testimony, not for all of us to mimic your steps. There are elements that you both articulated so well that we want to hold on to those elements because those are replicable. And that is what this is about. That's what this podcast, that's what this space, that's what these conversations are about is watch how the spirit of the Lord can guide us. And we just say yes. So Holly, in this, is there anything you would like to add from the middle of the mess, <laughs> the middle of the chaos? No, I feel like we've said, we've said a lot of it. Um, you know, I, have had transitioned past that even to another occupation. And again, like I said in the beginning that I feel like the Lord was inviting both of us into a new season for stepping into our, the, the name he gives us and the identity he gives each of us. And so that's ever evolving. And I, one thing I would love to say that I feel like we both learned is sometimes you step into something and you're like, wait, I feel like this needs to be tweaked and I need to go this direction a tiny bit. Mm. And, and that's not, that's not wrong. That's, that can be completely right when you're walking with the Holy spirit, you know, and that doesn't mean that what I heard before was wrong either. Mm. It just means that you're actively listening to the Lord in each of those moments and decisions and being free to change that and, and move with that. Um, so I feel like we learned that through this too. Like, it's not all about this one straight path. There's mm. lots of spider webs. They're beautiful. Spider webs are beautiful. Mm. And there's lots of different offshoots of, of direction that uh, he's calling us within that identity that he's given us. And so, yeah, I, I feel like we learned that precious nugget too through this. Can I, can I say one more thing? Please. I am uh, I am super passionate or become super passionate about this because I'm I'm learning this like every day. I mentioned earlier this idea of like right or wrong and being addicted to the idea of being right. Like, is this the right decision? And I think closely related to that, this is this idea of um, is this what God wants or is God in this? Is God there or here, so to speak? And and there's this kind of weird. I don't know where it comes from. Maybe it's our Western culture that wants to make everything a formula and it's a yes or a no type. I'm not sure, mm. but um, 
it's this idea that in the good quote unquote and the bad and everything else in between and the struggle and the success and the fail and the trying and the blah, 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 all the stuff like God's in all of it. And it sounds so like, well, of course, of course, but that's not how we act. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how we make decisions. That's not how we orient our life and our families and our work. And we don't, we don't operate that way. It's very like singular. Uh, the two examples that I think about are, I read a book and this author was telling a story. And this is a Christian guy and he went to a Muslim wedding and he's describing it in this book of like being in this, I think it's out West somewhere. So he's like, we're in this amazing outdoor venue and there's mountains behind us and it's the fall and there's leaves and the, the crowd is beautiful. And the, you know, it's very, it's different culturally than anything I've experienced before. And I just am filled with love and joy for my friend who's getting married at the front. He and I do not share a faith and Bob, but it's still like wonderful and da, 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 da. And he gets to the end of the story and he, he asked the, the reader the question, something like, uh, so this is not a Christian wedding, right? This is not like uh, something that you would find in Tradition. normal, traditional mm-hmm. churches. So his question is, is God there? Is God in that? Mm. He's like, is, is it, is it, are we so limiting to what God has that it has to look and mm. feel a certain way for him to be in it? So he's like, I don't know what your answer would be. He said, my answer is unequivocally yes. Yeah. God's in that. Is God in that? Um, I went to Las Vegas for the first time with my dad. We, we're walking the strip in Las Vegas as a 16-year-old and with my two brothers. My dad's there for a conference. And it's like, I mean, it's just larger than life, super weird and, and out of my comfort zone. But we get to the Bellagio. The Bellagio is the hotel that's in this movie, like Ocean's Eleven, you know, with like the fountains that are moving in, in perfect uh, synchronization to, to music and all this stuff. And, and I, at that point, had never seen anything like that. And I can very, very mm. vividly remember this. And watching the fountain display through the fence with like thousands of other people. And I, I had like an emotional reaction to this. I'm like, man, this is beautiful and amazing and larger than life and just incredible. And I can still remember how I felt in that moment. And so in telling this story, I'm thinking like, is God there? Is God in a normal fountain in the middle of Las Vegas in front of the Bellagio? Is that God? Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm learning. I think that God is in there, all of it. Yeah. Every little piece of it, whether it's a decision that you feel hundred percent confident in or something that you've just quote unquote failed miserably in, or you're just standing in your garage watching the snow come down because you got nothing to do. God's in all of it. Mm -hmm. Colossians one, man. Colossians one. It's like (laughs) before anything, there was, there was God after everything. There's God. God's in every single piece. And, And I'm just learning to embrace like, Hey, this, this is different. This is cool. This sucks. This is not what I wanted. This is what I wanted. And just holding it all loosely and be like, you know what? God's in all of it. And I'm, I'm, I am not the single arbiter of what is quote unquote right or wrong or mm-hmm. what is the best or perfect thing to do. My job is just to take a step and experience the fountains in front of the Bellagio. Yeah. Or Beautiful. go to the wedding of somebody else who's not of my faith and just just take it for what it is. Yeah. And I'll just let God sort out the rest. I don't need that. I don't want that responsibility. And by the way, it's not mine to begin with. Yeah. So just do the immediate next thing. 
And that's what, that's the journey that we've been on. Is this the right thing? Is this the perfect thing? I don't care about that anymore. Mm. I'm just caring about like, well, I'll just take the next step. And it's good because God's in it. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Another mic drop. Yeah, that's good. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about that we haven't touched on? One of the things when you guys first, when Tara first asked us to share, um, one of the things that I felt like the Lord was kind of revealing to me was, um, you know, our story sounds like a lot of other people's stories where it sounds sacrificial, where we've made all these sacrifices and it was really hard and how, you know, you come out on the other end and everybody wants to hear the pretty tied bow present yeah. at the end and how does it end? Like, are you successful? Do you have yeah, how 30 does it end? Like, Yeah. Tell us the end. And I think that, like I had said before, yes, it, it can, God can be calling you into something that is wildly financially successful and would be measured successful by this culture. Mm -hmm. And it, God is still in that too. Yes, we're, we're staring down the barrel of like some great financial success right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, does, does it always end that way? No, it doesn't always is he still in it when it does? Or is that like a, is that a worldly story now? Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. he can call you into places of those uh, abundant financial spots yeah. and jobs. And for me, I, you know, a quick transition for me from medical assistant, you know, the small paychecks every month where I'm feeling completely fulfilled in getting those, not that the money's fulfilling me, but my passion of, for the work is fulfilling me. And now in a position where he's called me and tweaked me in the story to be in a position where I, I am making great money. I am, I've stepped into um, medical device sales. So I'm still using my caregiving gift every day, mm -hmm. but it's in a different way. And have I abandoned what he called me to first? Nope. Right. I'm just stepping into a new chapter of it. Mm -hmm. And um and there is financial success in that part of it right now for me. Are we going to like go into the valley financially or emotionally again? Probably. Please no. But maybe we won't. And and that's successful too. Again, the success is in the yes. And that's why it's so important. It was, it's been so important for us to, to learn how to listen and be attentive and just be aware because if it's just, just a story around moving up or doing better or right. succeeding more, and then there's an end that has more dollar signs and you know, uh, that, that, that's fine, but that, that's not, that's, that ain't it, man. That's right. <laughs> that is not it. It's like, the preparation, the enjoy the journey. I always thought like, that's so obnoxious mm. when people say that, but it's totally true. <laughs> I'm trying to put different words to it because that phrase like irritates the heck out of mm. me, but it is true. That's why I tell, I just told the story about like, our, I feel like our job is just to build up a bank of experiences right. that we can do with other people. That's yeah. the job. There it is. The job is like not to, you know, get more money. If it ends up with more money, fine. Right. If it ends up with less money, great. Can't be any worse than it was before. So I'm glad I trained. Yes. I'm glad I trained. Yes. 
if you don't train and you don't go through the preparation, you don't have the skills, you don't have the bank of experiences. So my takeaway, my like challenge, my loving push to every anyone and everyone that I talk to is like, go do it, mm -hmm. go do it and struggle mightily and fail wildly and have insane success. And all along the way, be doing it with other people who love you and who you love. Yeah. If you can do that, and be open-handed with it all, mm -hmm. yeah, I think we're on the right path. That's, that's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's right up our alley. Maybe we'll have them as friends. All right, listeners, how about that? Wow. Let's go do stuff. Let's do it. This personifies, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. Listeners, I hope that you've had a chance to listen to uh, both episodes as it, as we tried the best we could to capture and honor the McCullough's story as they beautifully handled liminal space, but only with the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Like it was not on their own. I love when Jason ends with um, that he was glad he trained that he, and then it just this natural overflow that comes from both of them. Like, go do it. Mm -hmm. And Holly is more of that anyway. Go do mm -hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. Let's think about it. Let's do it. Don't overthink it. Don't overtalk it. Let's go. And uh, But that's also what God worked out uh, through the training period, through Jason specifically, is let just go do it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Struggle mightily. Fail wildly. And have insane successes. Right? And do it in a community Oof. with your friends who love you and you love. And like he talked about mm. this episode and last episode, they mentioned the power of we. Yeah. And that is the so relational capital. Yes, because they're not succeeding on their own. And mm -hmm. when they needed help, they had their community. It was just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was awesome. That friends plus. Friends plus. That's friends the word that plus. That's of. how yeah. the episode started. Just reminding us of the power I mean, this is all spiritual capital. This is why it's so important to invest and to stock up in, in spiritual capital. But they also, and I should say, the relational capital, this friends plus. Yeah, they illustrated that beautifully, mm -hmm. the importance of friendship. And, and that friends plus where you have somebody that can challenge you, yeah. that can speak truth and mm -hmm. love. Um, yeah, that high challenge, yeah. high invite which is the compliment book to Oikonomics. It's building a discipling culture or something like that mm -hmm. from Mike Breen. And it is, it's, is this group of friends not just here to be cozy and comfortable and talk about the good and easy things, um, which is beautiful. That's essential. That's that high invite. You all are welcome or, you know, just being available and making space for, for um, that group, but also, I might be the one to speak truth or iron sharpens iron yeah. and saying something that might be uh, prickly, you know, that might be a challenge. Um, like your brother and the other testimony that, that the Richardsons shared, and it's, it's um, holding space to say, okay, so what would it be like if you quit your job? Mm -hmm. Asking those difficult questions. Um, so the high invite and high challenge, that balance is that is divine. Mm -hmm. And that's what we would want. That's what we've been talking about. And so they can stay in this liminal space and 
see all the typical measures of success not come to fruition. And a season upon a season upon months, uh, years of uh, what, maybe a year or two of not seeing the um, measures of our hard work and our labor. Right. Um, And it just is such a script flipper. I loved it. I loved the example that Jason gave of the conversation he had with your husband, Ryan, Mm -hmm. how, you know, he was just letting him know what was going on. And Ryan, you know, sometimes there's not much you can say when someone's letting you know where they are in their life. Yeah. And Ryan was just so supportive. And then he said to him, you know, I, you're exactly where you need to be. And it was like, Ryan knew that Jason and Holly had been super obedient. Mm. So he could trust that they were where they needed to be. And he could speak into that and remind them like, no, if you've been obedient, you're exactly where you need to be. You're exactly there. That's the measure. Yeah. Because I don't think what I'm realizing more and more to some of the experiences that I've been through when we're trusting and you have been through when we're trusting the voice of God, I have a feeling that usually what's associated with that is that earthly measures might not exactly even be possible to like measure success of obedience where our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions are looking around the world for, is my yes successful? Is this right? And Ryan trusted Jason and Holly, but Jason in that conversation, he trusted, it's like he trusted Jason. Mm-hmm. I trust you. Yeah. When you tell me yep. that you are listening to God, the voice of God in the calling over your life through your true identity, son, how I made you, when a friend and community can hold space and say, hey, that doesn't make sense to my frame of thinking. It's not on my grid. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I trust you. Right. That is legit uh, depth and friendship. Mm-hmm. I can hold space for what isn't logical to me. Um, we talked about that before. Like it may not even make sense with people around you or your loved ones, or it might not go with a pattern. Often it doesn't go with the pattern of the world. But to be able to be with others in and outside your home, to be able to hold space, I trust you. Hey, Jason, you're telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And so guess what? You're exactly where you need to be. And I'm going to just hold space for you and encourage you, no matter what the measures of success are telling you. I think that that hits me like that that tugs at my heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah. I also loved too that Jason mentioned um, like the practice of putting it out there and you know, it's uncomfortable, but it helped. And so he was willing to tell this part of the story, you know, the unknown part, the not Mm. finished part, the part that wasn't wrapped up in a bow. He was willing to share that while he was in it. Like literally I'm a loser. Right. I have no (laughs) clients. None of this is working out. I'm feeling awful about myself. Right. And to be vulnerable, to share that while you're in it is so powerful to to the community that you're sharing it with. That's right. Because then they get to share in the glory too, you know? So two (laughs) years later when, you know, the circumstances are different, Mm -hmm. the people that were in it with him Mm -hmm. get to celebrate with him because it really is the power of we at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That is how I roll. I wish sometimes that isn't. 
Um, but I do see the power of, um, confessing out lies I'm believing. That's why I do, you know, those dumpster confessionals mm-hmm. when I'm on my run and at the last leg of my four mile run around my neighborhood block is like these dumpsters. And it's like, I am, and I literally kept it to myself while I was on a run. I, for a year or two, I'd walk by the same dumpster space and I don't know, it's just the way the Lord works uniquely in us. And I just remember seeing them and just saying, Man, that's it, maybe it was just an overflow of garbage or the way it caught my eye because aesthetically it was ugly, you know. And um, and I just was like, what garbage do I need to let go of before I go home? I just left the home. I'm about to circle back around and get back into my home. What do I need to leave here? And then the Lord was like, hey, do what you do well. Be vulnerable. Be transparent. Be raw. Go ahead and now do a Facebook Live sitting in front of that dumpster and on one ha- one part of the dumpster is the garbage, and then there's this little skinny line, there's this little skinny fence, and you have the choice. You can stay on the other side and just see it in a whole flip scripting kind script flipping kind of way. <laughs> and don't worry if you say it wrong every so often. And just confess out, confess it out, leave it here, speak it out, yeah, let it lose its power and its strength within you. Because that's what it is. It loses its power. And it does. I'm newer to this, but I have absolutely started practicing it. And that's such a good word that Jason used, practicing. And yeah, it, what did he even say? He was like, he was almost psycho for doing it. Right. You know, his like, ego. I'm a little bit sicko for a doing sicko. this. But, um, but it's so true because yeah. as soon as you confess it out, it does lose a portion of its it potency. It's not a secret. You're not hiding it from people. Right. You're like, dude, I'm, what do, I'm going to just speak it out. This is just the truth. Yes. <laughs> And then every single time, yeah. myself benefits, my family benefits, finishing up that idea of, okay, I'm going to throw this in the garbage, and then I'm claiming truth. Mm. I am going to flip the script. Literally, that's what I tell my clients or my groups that I'm talking to. Okay, now what the simplest thing is, what's the complete opposite? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm a loser. What's the complete opposite? I'm winning. I am winning at the game in this like training period. Mm. God, show me how I'm winning. I want to cling to that. Show me how I'm winning. The enemy or my own ego is saying I'm a loser. Maybe even the people who do business with me, I saw the eye roll, I saw the facial expressions, I saw the goose eggs, and they have like these tens of thousands of dollars up to $100,000 worth of income from these clients. And they're even, you know, some way, shape or form agreeing with my loser status. Look at the chart. It's calling me a loser. Mm-hmm. I'm at the bottom, goose egg, another loser. All right, what's the complete opposite? Because that's what my Lord and Savior is saying right now. He's saying, you're a winner. You're building up something that you don't even know is going on, but good job. Well done, good and faithful servant. Mm-hmm. Well done staying in this tension because you are building on something that only you and I can do together. And it, and that's the power of confessing it out and um, and then claiming that truth and then finishing the leg and going back and saying, whoa, that's a renewal of the mind. Mm-hmm. That is renewal. That's truth. And then to be going back full circle, even what Holly was talking about with the that spider web. Yeah. You know? I loved that illustration too of the spider web of of, you know, the path isn't always straight and there's all these offshoots right. and we're all interwoven in this relational capital too. And, you know, part of the story that Holly didn't tell was, you know, she talked about how she transitioned into a new career again, mm-hmm. um, which was 
uh, pharmaceutical sales. Total and, unexpected turn. Right. Still in healthcare, right? And using that her true identity, that true identity, caregiver. Plus then the the uh, experience that she got, you know, yeah. at the hospital and then at the pediatrician's office, yeah. and, and she was really, really good at it because Holly's really good She's in sales. She's really good. She's got that perfect complement of the caregiver side, and yet that like ability to talk to people and yeah. and sell things. Like amazing. She's yeah. It's, it's a gift. What she it has. is a gift. Um, but then her whole sales force for her, uh, pharmaceutical company got let go mm-hmm. because they were going in a different direction and she was looking for a job. And it just so happens the night before <laughs> she texted me, letting me know about that situation. I had let my boss know that I was leaving Come on. and I had prayed for a replacement that would be the perfect fit. And so then she texts me and, <laughs> and I might've, I told part of this, I think in one of the earlier podcasts. Yes. But just, again, that spider web of, like, the way that God wove that together. Mm. And then, you know, she was an And we're prayer. not realizing his, how he's orchestrating that beautiful yeah. web. Right. And she came along, and it was the perfect fit. <laughs> the perfect yeah. fit. So... I mean, God's just so good the way that he really does. We wove it all together. things together. Because she invested. She was able to tap in to what you had to offer, what you invested in, and it ended up being a gift for her. Yeah. Your intellectual, the financial, I mean, not literally giving her, but that because of that job, being able to then bless yeah. them financially. It's just wild. It is. And I remember being on these walks with her and we were, we and she too was just speaking it out and, you know, putting her, we were jokingly, you know, angry fist in the air, like, what's going on? Why? You know, this is just hard. I mean, we're talking, they were living off of her $14 an hour. Mm. And I love the part where Jason said, um, that it was at the point they had no money. Right. And he knew it. Yeah. He's like, I know for, and I'm going to ad lib a little bit. I think this is what he was saying though, is that I knew for my training mm-hmm. what needed to be fully flushed out, like get her out now. I'm going to take you down to nothing. Not ever, ever, ever for harm. Never. Yeah. The Lord doesn't take away ever for harm. It is always that exchange for good, yeah. for something that's not even just good, but so abundant, above and beyond exceedingly more mm-hmm. for you, Jason, stepping into your true identity and that you are a hunter of chaos. And um, I'm going to, when you, well done through this, both of you through this training period, um, and now for a time such as this, um, going to bless you both with, and it wasn't even just as much of the finances, but what exudes from Jason and Holly. And I don't even know other than as a friend and receiving from the overflow, uh, just their generosity and how they've blessed us as a family. I could only imagine who Jason is and his true identity as a hunter of chaos when he goes into these different organizations and he blesses them with this Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial spirit that's alive and active and blessing other business owners and leaders and companies with what they're trying to do well. Mm -hmm. And he just is, 
he is a compliment to any industry he steps in. Yeah. Because it's all worked out, man. Right. They're getting the purest of the pure mm-hmm. uh, from the McCullough family. Yeah. Man. Both Jason and Holly do such a great job of highlighting how God is in all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the quote that Jason shared about um, somebody had told him that everything we do is preparation for something else. Yeah. Like God is in all of the little pieces. And Jason also said that he was grateful for that struggle, that he, if he had to write the story, he wouldn't rewrite it. Yeah any different um, because that training period was so important for something else down the line, you know, that he really trust trusted that. And, Mm -hmm. and I loved to, um, like how he talked about when he was a kid in Las Vegas and the Bellagio yes. and like how he could see, like it was moving to him because God was in that fountain. Mm. And, um, also then in the the Eiffel Tower when he was in, in France in, and I mean, that was so funny because he's like, it's not like the Eiffel Tower is that <laughs> yeah. beautiful, but it was just God was in that moment. Yes. And so I love um, just hearing him relate back to mm. all those little moments and how God is just in all of it. Yeah, he was making such good points. Yeah. Both of them were. Uh, but we were able as listeners to experience it with him in those pauses, mm-hmm. in the little emotional moments, which <laughs> I never have. I don't understand at all about a good, me, I never cry. What? <laughs> a good weepy moment. Um, but it, it, it just goes to show the movement of God. He moves us to tears sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think the point he was making throughout the entire testimony as they were sharing their journey, is that it's not theoretical. It's Mm -hmm. experiential. All things we're doing through this podcast or the Abundantly Me ministry in general is about experiencing the kingdom of God. Here, now, heaven. What? How can God be in Vegas? You better believe God is in Vegas. He's right. just willing. He's waiting to be experienced. He's yes. will. He's waiting for someone to recognize him there. And it takes me back to when Jason was at the end of the conversation. He's like, "Go do it. Go yeah. do that thing. Go try that. Go." Yeah. And it's not just to go and do that, but go do that and do it with God. Like, yeah, so you can really experience it. Yeah, so good. It was really encouraging to hear um, Jason say how it's not about the right thing or the perfect thing. He said, I don't even care about that anymore. Mm. He is just wants to take the next step and he's like, well, God's in it, you know? So he's that's what he's encouraging us yeah. to do, you know? I don't know. We can't always know if it's right or if it's a perfect, but no matter what, God is in it. We have to let that go. Yeah. I, I again, agree with one of the powerful nuggets that came out of this conversation and their training period that they're sharing with us, we've got to let right and wrong go. Because that is, we will look for what we think is right, and mm-hmm. that becomes logic. Yeah. And then we say, what are the measures that prove my rightness? I think as soon as we're doing that, we are off the line of obedience. We're off of the voice of God and what the supernatural is saying in the same moment I just don't think you can have it both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, we're human, so we teeter-totter back and forth in that rightness or in his righteousness. Like, do you trust me? Are you fully surrendered? Maybe in this moment you've, you're have you back on the rightness road. Uh, we could just feel it. We It becomes a burden. I talk about this with my clients or when I do small groups. It's like as soon as 
it becomes a burden that we are carrying, I believe we're stepped into the right and wrong. Mm-hmm. This is either right or wrong. I mean, uh, you know, and that's just a good indicator, either physically on our body or in our mind. Our emotions carry these burdens. It's like, ah, I'm now carrying a burden that Jesus said he'd carry for us. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the McCullough's just painted that picture so beautifully of that teeter-totter back and forth. Yeah. So listener, this goes back to you. Uh, if this, if you were in this room with us and I would even turn this into a coaching session, it's always through powerful questions. So I have some questions for you. When is the last time you've been in liminal space? When is the last time you've been stretched? When is the last time uh, that you've accepted chaos, disorder, mystery, mm-hmm. the unknown, Stepping into what feels so wrong because the patterns of what you think were right are not measuring up. Like when's the last time you have not had quite the control over your life? Mm -hmm. And I'm not knocking if you've been able to check some boxes. I'm not knocking if you've been able to just really kind of go from one um, successful measure to another. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm learning more and more that what might be erroneous is if we haven't had a mess in a while, mm-hmm. if we haven't failed beautifully in a while, if we haven't had our face in the dirt for mm-hmm. a while. So the question is just a reflective question with zero judgment, just joyful curiosity. Why? And are you controlling things around you so that you don't fail? Mm-hmm. Because it's in the failure, it's in the stretching, it's in the chaos that something in that liminal space, something beautiful is going to be birthed from that season. Right. Like if you're stagnant, if you're like stale right now and yeah. you want to shake things up, Come go on. try something new <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> out fear of failing and yeah. shake it up. Shake it up. Shake it up. Um, let your perspective of God out of the box. We talked about that, you know, set him free, set him free. Let me out, let him out, let him, let out the limitations that you have, the ceiling over your life, the, the I'm too old for, or little old me, how could you use me in this time, in this season of my life? I'm too old. I'm too young. I've experienced this. I haven't experienced that. Um, just allow yourself to be stretched. Now, for those of you listeners, if you're like Laura and I, I'm going to lump you in with me, mm-hmm. that I believe that we are in a stretching. We are trying something new. This podcast is new. For me, um, I'm waiting. I have some serious liminal space with a, the book that I that mm-hmm. I've I wrote it a year ago. And it had been sitting, it's been sitting on a shelf this last year. Um, and just other, other visions that God has given me and, and I'm in a waiting and I'm still stepping out. You and I both in different ways and together are stepping out and checking out like, because we've given up the right and wrong and it's, I'm listening to your voice. I want to experience you God in this moment. And it's just taking one step at a time Yeah, and all the different phases of our, our, our aspects of our life. Mm-hmm. And so listener, if you are stretched right now, I pray that this testimony from the McCulloughs blesses you. It sustains you. It encourages you. Mm. Like, will you stay? Will you stay and sit in that unknown? Yeah. 
Will you, listener, if you're being stretched, it is all, it's for good. Mm. And we just pray that you see the good, that you find the movement of God within the stretching that, uh, yeah, that you are just encouraged by the McCullough's testimony. And we thank them so much for God. for coming on and having this conversation yeah, with us. Yeah, for allowing us to capture it and yeah. share it. Mm-hmm. So we love you, McCullough's. And, uh, and I think that was the perfect way to end our series oh, wasn't on it though? redefining the measures of success. <laughs> like the perfect ending yes. to this, uh, this last, I don't know how many episodes it was, but a, we had four yeah. powerful interviews. Yeah. Very grateful for every one of them. Yes. Thanks to Mike Breen for his book, Economics. That Who knew really... <laughs> that, that tiny little booklet? We could talk for weeks and weeks. Wow. <laughs> really blessed a lot of listeners. Thank you listeners for your feedback. And, uh, and just leaning in with redefining the measures of success. Uh, talk about um, braving your abundance yeah. is being able to allow what we thought was all right. It very well could have just been wrong for the season we were in. Mm-hmm. So, and what ultimately God was doing in the grander scheme of things. Yeah. Woo, surrender. So good. It takes courage. Speaking of courage and in honor of the power of we, we invited our community to help us usher in yes, we the Wheel did. of Fear this week. And now it's time for... The Wheel of Fear! All right, listener, you just got a little taste of the chaos and uh, <laughs> the love of our community, young and old. Uh, hopefully you didn't have to turn the volume down too much, but that was a little treat from our uh, beautiful community here in the area. That's right. And before we rock, paper, scissors, listeners, in case this is your first time or you haven't heard the explanation of the Wheel of Fear yet, what Tara and I do is we have a list of fears. They're kind of, well, I guess they're a mix of everyday fears mm-hmm. that other yep. people might have as well. And then some of them are a little bit bigger and a little <laughs> bit scarier. <laughs> that tend to be on Tara's wheel. Tara's list is a little bit bigger and a little bit scary. <laughs> and then we rock, paper, scissors, and whoever loses have to has to mm-hmm. spin their wheel. And then they have a week to yep. tackle whatever what whatever yeah. it landed on, whatever That's little right. slice uh, the wheel landed on. And then we always report, report out um, on the following week. So yikes. Here we go. Let's rock, paper, scissors. Okay. And Tara's lost, what, the last two or three weeks? I can't remember. It's just a lot of losing. Here we go. Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, oh yes. I was sweating it because I put Dang. some big doozies on my wheel. I thought we always this. both start with rock. You know what? You changed it up. I couldn't lose again. Dang it. All right. I paper, lost on the first paper try. Paper covers rock. Here we go. Here's my wheel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is so generic. But you know what, listeners? Maybe you can join along with me this week. Yeah. It just says, say no thank you to something. So a Come lot of on, times... this is for real. Right? And I know it's not just me. You know, sometimes I will say yes to something that I probably shouldn't say yes to because the people and pleaser in me or I don't mm. want to disappoint somebody or maybe I just didn't think it through. <laughs> Whatever it is. Mm. This week, I am going to be um, aware of when I need to say no to something. And uh, that's a really, really good one. We do want to invite the listeners into each and every week of the Wheel of Fear because yes, it might be particular to one of us, but it can always be, I would say most times, Mm -hmm. the listener can relate to it in some way. Yeah. And I have a feeling that the people pleaser in us, not just women, men as well, 
uh, where we might say yes to a lot of things to be a helper and we might not be called into that. Maybe it's yeah. the very thing we're supposed to say no to. Right. This will be interesting. This will be good. All right. So that means this week you're going to be more aware right. at your yeses and nos. Yes. Okay. It'll be interesting. Um, and so listeners, if you want to join uh, the conversation or if you would like to participate, you could go to AbundantlyMe.org backslash groups. Yep. And I'm There's so proud one, of myself. I got that right. Good job. That was aced it. And uh, yeah, it, you'll see one of the groups will be set aside for podcast listeners. And you can tell us about Wheel of Fear items or that you have your own Wheel of Fear and uh, give us suggestions and feedback. And most importantly, connect with us. Tell us what's on your mind. Yeah. How you... Um, felt about that week's episode. Right. And let's utilize the power of we. So if you guys are sharing what it is nice. that you are working on this week um, or what you're maybe saying no thank you to this week, that mm. might help the rest of us too. So We love it. Power of we. Way to bring it full circle, Thanks, Laura man. Fonseca. All right. Well, we'll let you know how this goes. All right. Next Have a week. great week. All right. Talk, Talk to you later. later. Bye. Bye. We are so glad you listened to this episode of the Abundantly Me podcast, where we flip the script on fear and exchange it for perfect love and truth. Want to stay in touch? Please consider subscribing. And if you would like to continue the conversation from an episode, go to AbundantlyMe.org to access our podcast group. And remember, when it comes down to it, the greatest way not to allow fear to be a liar, a limiter, or a liability is to first be loved by God. Then we can show up in life motivated by truth and love that sets us free. And we would love a virtual hug by sharing, liking, and leaving a review, which also allows others to learn about this free service.